Welcome to BFCN Shorts. Our guest for this episode is Sam Holmshaw, who's here to tell us all about Hong Kong. Enjoy. Yeah, I'm all good. A little bit out of the practice with uh, the new people that have been on the podcast for a while, but they're all good. Thanks, uh, thanks for having me on. Don't worry. Well, there's a bit of a time difference, isn't there? Where are you today? Uh, over in Hong Kong. So it's just gone uh, specifically 10 minutes to 10 p.m. So uh, it's all dark outside, getting used to that. Just been in Australia for two weeks where I've been uh, sort of enjoying the sun. A little bit of a tan going on now. I'm back over in Hong Kong now. It's a bit like being in the UK. Everything's going dark at, at 5 p.m. So <laughs> just trying to get used to that again. Did you have a sunny Christmas? A uh, really good Christmas. Um, met a couple of, a couple of mates over in Australia. I've been meaning to go for a couple of years. Um, and yeah, had a you know a good good amount of alcohol, good break needed after a solid six months starting in there in Hong Kong. So uh, yeah, all, all refreshed and ready to go for our turn two over here. Now, where are you from originally? Uh, Sheffield, England, uh, over over in Yorkshire. So you might be able to tell with the, uh, the little bit of uh, the Yorkshire accent I've got left. Uh, I found myself being a little bit more uh, speaking the Queen's English over here, so the international kids could understand me. If I come with that thick York tracks and they're not really, uh, you know, understanding what I'm saying. But uh, Sheffield, England, is uh, is where I'm from. That's something a lot of coaches have to deal with when they go abroad. If they don't speak the Queen's English, their accent uh, adjusts and adapts so much that often they're unrecognisable to their friends and family back home. Well, I've got uh, my dad's side of the family from Leeds, and uh, my aunt in particular in her 70s or 80s very very thick Leeds accent also speaks to the lisp and I can barely understand her um, but we always try and make her sit next to the wife who's from Mexico and try and god did you get it did you get it what, what do you think she's saying and it's getting worse and worse over the years terrible it's terrible, but, uh, but you, you get used to it. Particularly when you move abroad, you have to. Otherwise, you're never gonna you're never gonna get anywhere with your players. <laughs> Before we start on about Hong Kong, just so that we're clear, a few facts on on Hong Kong because uh, although typically football coaches know a hell of a lot about geography because we love the World Cup and all the other competitions, I think uh, people of my age learn flags through playing Road to World Cup FIFA ninety eight game. Uh, so Hong Kong. Where is it? What are the people like? Uh, what languages do they speak? So Hong Kong is uh, over in Asia. It's just literally at the bottom of China. Um, so if you look at a map of China, which is obviously huge, you'll find a little speck, a uh, little island at the bottom, and that's Hong Kong. Um, it is uh, quite a very interesting place. It used to be part of the British Empire. So uh, I think in 1997, uh, it being part of the empire for you know, 100 years or, or so, and then got handed back over to China. So it's, uh, even though it's technically part of China, it's, it's a special administrative region of China, uh, but it still has quite a lot of uh, independence, a lot of autonomy. So it's a very international uh, place. The only place I can describe it to where I've, I've worked before is New York. Um, there is a lot of, obviously, local uh, Chinese population around, um, so part of that means that there's a lot of uh, Cantonese-speaking people, um, but also due to the you know the international part of, of where we live, obviously Hong Kong uh, English is uh, part of the Hong Kong national language as well. Um, but yeah, really really cool little place. It's it's very small. It's uh, quite amazing 
to sort of sometimes you look on a map um, on your phone and you see how far you're away from home. There's obviously quite a bit of Britishness here that's obviously been left from the days of the empire, but a lot of the time you do, you know, very quickly realize you're in Asia as, uh, Asia as well. But uh, yeah, very cool place, really cool place to live and uh, very cool place to culture. Is it easy to adapt to Hong Kong because of the British links and because it's such a cosmopolitan place? For instance, uh, before going to Singapore, people would say it's like Diet Asia or Asia Light. So you, it's got enough similar creature comforts that you can make a, an adjustment. You, you're not massively out of your comfort zone compared to where you might be in some other places where language is completely different and you don't have a lot of the, the same Western influence. Yeah, I, I mean, it's a great question because, you know, it is such a big Asian population here. Um, I think maybe if you compared it to 10, 20 years ago, it might have been even more international. Uh, COVID-19 kind of lasted a lot longer here than it did in the UK, so that meant a lot of international, um, you know, people who were obviously working over here had moved back. So when I came, uh, you know, it probably wasn't as international as I thought it would be. Um, but for sure, you know, I had a, I, I was transiting in Thailand, so I had four days in Thailand before I moved out here. Uh, and in Thailand, you very were, you know, you, you stood out. Obviously, there wasn't a lot of, uh, you know, white Caucasian people walking around as you'd expect. Obviously, over here, uh, it's a lot more international, um, you know. And even not everyone speaks English, but you sort of get away with sign language. Most people generally speak English. I mean, that's we're pretty lucky, aren't we? Uh, I always say English people are very lazy that we. We don't have to learn another language, and it's certainly the case out here. But uh, for sure, I think if I was, you know, coaching in mainland China, I think it would be a lot more of a culture shock uh, than in Hong Kong. Having said that, it is, you know, obviously completely different. But like I say, you do have those sort of elements of, uh, you know, the British influence, and you sort of see that there's a lot of British over here. So, uh, yeah, of course, culture shock. It's always going to be when you move into a new country, whether it's, uh, you know, Anglo-speaking or, uh, you know, completely different. But that sort of little bit of Britishness that is over here just kind of get you through and it makes it certainly a lot more easier. How long have you been there now? Uh, so I moved over in August. So uh, sort of late August, I believe, mid to late August. So um, literally, yeah, just, just entering the sixth month. And what was it that appealed to you about going to Hong Kong? <laughs> Quite honestly, I'd... Uh, I'd just been sort of looking to move away for years. So I went to America when I was uh, 21. I had four months over there coaching in between my second and third year of uni. Um, and I'd sort of just been really keen ever since that. Once I knew that I was going to finish my, my degree, uh, I'd been really keen to, to move abroad. Um, I was looking a lot at heading to the States, sort of this time last year, uh, when, it, when I would have just really finished my master's degree. Um, but just, you know, didn't really find anything that I was looking for. Um, and then just the, the job kind of popped up. Uh, obviously, I had an interview, got off the job. Uh, I didn't know anything about Asia. Didn't ever really imagine myself going and working in Asia, but uh, I had a few contacts that told me they'd, they'd sort of been over this way and, and football seems pretty big and it, it's ever growing. Um, and, you know, once sort of done a bit of research on the company I was going to be working for, uh, a little bit of background, trying to figure out how football was over there and how that was going to support my career, um, I just... But yeah, why not? You know, I think that you have to kind of put yourself out and try these things. And if it doesn't work out, it's it's, it's a flight home, isn't it? So, um, but yeah, just quite honestly, just got offered the job. And I just, I'm, I'm the sort of person that just goes, why not? That looks pretty cool. You know, if anything else, it's going to be a, a good experience just moving out and trying something new. 
what you said right there it is so important. Take the leap of faith. If you don't like it, just fly home. It, it's I <laughs> think of how easy it is these days to to get around this big old world of ours. It's it's okay. Things do go wrong occasionally. Don't be scared to take that leap of faith. And if if you don't like it, just fly home. It's all right. Like let's talk about football in Hong Kong. Then. What is the infrastructure like there? Because essentially, Hong Kong is almost like a for all intents and purposes, it's like a big city, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's certainly bigger than. Oh, sorry, I was interrupting you there. No, I think there's a bit of a delay. But what, what's it? What's it like for infrastructure for football? Is it popular? Do they have lots of leagues? Is the standard all right? Good enough facilities? Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it, it, it's huge. Um, I, I wasn't actually too sure what it was going to be like over here. Um, so you basically got your sort of. Uh, you know, local community, you've got a lot of local teams and then you've got your sort of expat community and your expat teams. Um, so obviously there's, there's a couple of teams in the professional league that were obviously founded by, you know, British, English uh, men, uh, you know, 150, 100 years of history. Um, and then you've got your sort of more, you know, local new teams that have come in. Um, so, it's, so it's huge. It's um, it's definitely, you know, a lot bigger than I expected. Again, I didn't really know too much about how football was over in Asia. Uh, you know, granted, you know, it was obviously in the UK with, with England, Scotland, Wales, we know it's obviously huge. And uh, you look at sort of Asian teams, you're thinking maybe Japan, probably probably the biggest, uh, South Korea, maybe the, the, the two football nations that come to mind. So obviously Hong Kong, uh, you know, knowing China, I didn't really know what it was going to be, but it, it, it's pretty huge. Uh, it's, it's very popular. Um, you know, obviously, uh, I suppose the sort of internationalness of Hong Kong means that everyone likes football. Um, but but with the locals as well, it, it's it's pretty huge. It's always on the TV. Um, the only challenge is obviously with the time difference. You don't really ever really see football on the TV, which is quite surprising because I you'd think that kind of encourages people to play it. But it, you know, it, it's certainly a big culture over here. Um, and you know, like I said, not just with sort of the expats, you know, the international people that working over here. That's what expat means. Fans that don't know, uh, but you know, with the locals as well, it, it, it's certainly huge. Yeah. How has working in Hong Kong benefited you as a coach? Uh, it's it's just mainly so so much more independent. So um, I basically had, you know, just thinking about my sort of career and not not going into this too much. But the last sort of three years, I've basically been in roles and jobs where I had a lot of uh, autonomy, a lot of ability to make my decisions, I had a lot of influence on like the playing style, for example, the way we wanted to coach. And over here, it's not been that case at all. I'm, you know, coming here as a just a, a football coaching program manager before I was the head of football development at my last role, for example. Um, so it's definitely made me change as a coach where I've had to completely change my philosophy. I've had to sort of understand a different way of culture, a different way of coaching over here. Um, you know, obviously, when you could work in a new culture, there's different expectations. Uh, Hong Kong is a very rich environment. Parents are paying a lot of money for the coaching here, and of course, that comes with certain expectations, as it does back home. But you know, to pay for a session back in the UK, you're talking three times as much over here. So, um, you know, you have to very quickly adapt as a coach in terms of what it's expected here, and also try to balance that as well with what you know is good coaching. Uh, you know, in order to be able to uh, provide a a service that's that's going to you know not only just keep the parents happy uh, and you know keep your employees happy, but also just that you know is going to uh, benefit the kids as well going forwards. But um, 
Yes, definitely. Uh, it was definitely a bit of a bit of a culture shock for me coming over. It took me a good, I think, two months uh, to really sort of get the grips with the coaching. They're very different to what I was doing back home. Um, but you know, I think you always kind of you can swim in these situations, don't you? And you, you eventually get to grips. And, and on a point, it's made me a better coach. Um, you know, I, what I realised was I was probably a little bit too passive uh, in my last role. Um, and over here, it, it's made me a little bit more, a uh, little bit more feedback trying to coach kids through the game a bit more um you know as i was sort of leading on to before the biggest difference over here is the kids don't watch the game because of the time difference so kids aren't going up watching the premier league for example the championship you know even the world cup just got um you know it was on at 3 a.m in the morning here so uh kids aren't seeing that and you know you're going in and you're coaching basically the game and we'll say that back home we coach kids the game back home but here you, you're sort of teaching them the rules at older age groups you probably won't have to do back home. I call it like the basic principles. So, you know, for example, things like teaching what offside is. I, I knew that from like being 10. If you're working with kids that are 13, 14 years, you, you still have to kind of explain that to them. Um, so that's that's probably the biggest culture shock. But honestly, it's, uh, you know, as difficult as it's probably been at times, trying to figure out how to sort of develop my philosophy and, and sort of fit in over it, it, it has really made me a much better coach uh, in the longer run. Away from coaching, being in this new culture, how has it benefited you as a person? Uh, really great question. Just made me so much more independent. Um, I realised that even though I was 25, I was still sort of heavily reliant on my parents for, uh, you know, just like advice or, uh, you know, where I wanted to go in my career. Uh, and sometimes if I was sick, I'd still ask my mum to ring the doctors because I'm sick. And then you, you come over here and, you know, it's basically all on you. You have to set up your bank account. Obviously, sort, of, sort, of, sort your healthcare out. You've, you've got to figure out how to look after yourself. Um, and you're just very independent. You have to be. You're moving to a new country. You don't have any contacts other than people that you're working with. You don't have any mates. Um, and you have to really put yourself out there um, to you know get to know people, make sure you're, you're obviously enjoying your social life. Um, and, and that's kind of been, a, again, a really good thing for me because... I think, and I say this to a lot of people back home, I think we can be quite easily get into a comfort zone. Sort of saying, oh, thing you do for years and years and years and years, and I was certainly guilty of that. So coming out of uni for the last three years, uh, coming over here, it's just been a completely different way of life. It, it's changed me as a person, it's you know, developed me as a coach, but it's, it's been uh, you know hugely, massively uh, development as well. I mean, the, the biggest thing for me is my dad's a coach. Uh, so, you know, if anybody had any sort of issues or anything, wasn't sure and I'd always go and see my dad and speak to him for an hour eight hour time difference that's it's not always possible um so suddenly you've then got to sort of just figure it out yourself uh, and that can be challenging but actually it, it's just made me a much better person in terms of like uh you know self-control just, just in your mind you know I think most coaches are saying you go and you can think about stuff and you can overthink it you know why didn't I do this decision why didn't I play this player here for example and, and that's been one thing for me here where I just you know, just don't even think about it, just switch off. Uh, and that's been great. It, you know, certainly uh, made me a, a much, probably a much stronger mentally person as, as well as a much better coach as well, I'd say. Certainly heavily more independent, which my mum's really happy for. <laughs> yeah, speaking about independence, um, just <laughs> reminding me of, of uh, 10 years ago, I worked in Canada, did a summer camp uh, in um, Yellowknife, so where they do ice road truckers. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Really into football. Mum was from England, and a few years later he came over to study. He was at Southampton, uh, so 
I was back home and brought him in to my team to do some coaching with me. And uh, his mum was still ordering his shopping. So even though she's in, in Yellowknife in Eastern Southampton, she was doing the, the Sainsbury's delivery for him each week from her laptop thousands of miles away. And yeah, he, he's he's fine now. He he sells cars and has a, <laughs> and a nice house. But at that time, in his early 20s, I still think his mum was having to do the, the <laughs> arranged Sainsbury's delivery. Right. Yeah, so, really myself. That's my you do you, sometimes, I suppose, when, you, when you're chasing dreams, you do neglect a lot of that stuff, don't you? Because um, you're so focused on on your goal and, and getting out there, and yeah, it, it is a. It seems like a small detail, but it's actually quite big. Having to set up a bank account, get your insurance, and then, of course, when you're at home, you're surrounded by a support network. You got friends, you got family, you got colleagues. When you're out there completely by yourself and you need something, you've been used to leaning on someone, you've been used to asking someone a question, and now that's that's not there. So it is a it is really useful to to learn. I know that a lot of people say that that's going away to university. Well, I've coached several university teams and they are not adults. They they're just they're children yeah. in adult bodies. They they are not adults yeah. at all. They are not independent. They're, they're away from home, but they are not independent whatsoever. Clueless. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. let's talk about uh, Hong Kong. What are some of the benefits of living and working there? It, it always seems like a, a great place. It always comes top or close of a lot of the really important rankings on you know, education, quality of life, all that kind of stuff. So does it live up to that? Is it is it good? Yeah, 100%. It's... Uh... Uh, I think sort of uh, just the, the sort of infrastructure and economically, I think it's miles ahead of the, you know, where I was living in the UK anyway, in Sheffield. Um, just so um, sort of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, they're just so prolific in, in so many things. So like, you know, for example, if, you, if you're ill, you've got a medical card, you go and see a doctor straight away. You know, you sort of seem to so quickly. It's back on the NHS. You're waiting in a hospital or you're in a waiting room for four hours. Uh, transport here, and I think it's like thirty p to go to the other side of the island. It's like two pound on a bus to sort of visit mainland China. Uh, so obviously, as a coach, you know, you're not in a car. You the transport's just just quite unbelievable. Um, but in, in terms of just the sort of uh, place itself, it's obviously such a unique place. Um, it, it's sort of this little island and then there's a little bit that's obviously used to be part of mainland China that, that's part of Hong Kong as well um, but there's just so much money here so you know in terms of the coach um, you know it was basically double my salary what I would have been earning in the UK had I stayed to what I'm earning here so um, I think that's personally one of the biggest issues I found as a coach back home um, you know I was 25 and still working part time you know whilst my mates in other professions have been working full time since they were 22, 23, um, and I always sort of felt that I was I was really lagging around. I had this dream, obviously, wanting to be a football coach and knew this is what I wanted to do, um, but that was always going to be a huge problem for me. Like, you know, you're 25 and you're working three different coaching jobs just to try and get by, and that's been the great thing over here. You've got one job, you're working full-time, you can kind of pour your energy in that, and you're getting paid really well. Um, so in terms of sort of the lifestyle over here, uh, you know, you're getting paid, uh, and I think, you know, for me, it's sort of a single lad on his own, 26, you meet a couple of lads, 
Um, you know, you can get out, socialize, have a couple of beers. Uh, and, you know, sometimes you just sit back and you sort of sat in a bar, for example, and you'll sort of see like the skyline of Hong Kong and it's just like, wow, you know, I'm, I'm working here and I'm living here. Um, and, you know, honestly, it's just, just basically for me, just one of the best things you can do, I think. Uh, certainly over here, it's a huge football scene. It's not too difficult to find a job if you've got good experience and good qualifications. Um, and, you know, generally, uh, I think the, the biggest thing that's kind of shot me the most is parents are so nice, like you're so looked after, uh, you know, because because I suppose not everyone knows football is, as England, obviously, we're, we're the home of football, aren't we, or the UK is. Um, but but over here, the parents are so nice, very supportive. I think I must have had about 10 uh, Christmas gifts. Don't think I've ever had that in my life as a coach. Uh, but yeah, amazing place. Uh, really, really, really uh, good place for football and, and certainly for you know, any any young coaches or any older coaches looking for a new experience. It's certainly a place to, to come and spend a year, if not two, I think. Let's talk briefly about social life then. You, you talk about being able to go out with your mates and, and just enjoy the skyline. And yeah, that can be a humbling moment when you realise where you are and that you deserve to be there. You've, you've worked hard enough and that is a completely earned opportunity. And just, just take a moment to pat yourself on the back when you have them. So what kind of things do you do for fun? And, and has it been hard to integrate in society? Are you able to make friends? Are you able to keep active when you're not coaching? Oh, 100%. I mean, you know, like you, you ask anyone who moves abroad, you've got to get used to uh, being mentally comfortable, I think, with being isolated at times. Uh, you know, it took me a good six weeks, seven, eight weeks to start making friends uh, because, you know, when you think when you're back home, you know, you've got your mates from school, mates you've, you've met at uni, uh, you know, you've, you've got pretty good support network. I, I have three brothers, for example, so, uh, you know, if I didn't have any friends... You know, I've got brothers to go out with. Uh, you, you, you sort of move to a new country and, you know, you, you are on your own and you have to, uh, I think, be prepared for that. Uh, and it's not always straightforward making mates. Uh, there's no sort of, you know, solution, guide, handbook, if you like, of how to make mates. You've just got to try and get out and find some. And usually you find it's with mates of mates that you'll go out with your work colleagues, for example, meet some of their mates, blah, blah, blah. Um, but, you know, that's just part of the experience, isn't it? I think uh, the, the good thing is it puts you out of your comfort zone. So, you know, when you're back home, uh, for me, you know, I was just thinking about what was I really ever doing for the last year? And, and the majority of it was just coaching, working, and then maybe going out on a Saturday night, the same old uh, boozer, same old nightclub. Uh, you come out over here and there's obviously just so much to do. Uh, obviously so many uh, things to go and see. I mean, there's a Disneyland over here, for example, which is still on my list to go and see. I've just not quite had time for that. Um, but that's kind of the, you know, the real amazing thing of moving here or moving to a new country. You, you, you're kind of out of that comfort zone and you're almost self-encouraged to go and see a bit of the world. Um, you know, for example, there's a beach an hour away. There's a beach two hours away from Sheffield. I don't think I've gone to a beach for three years. But yeah, over here, I make myself go. And, and that kind of is a good thing. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely challenging. You've got to be prepared for being on, alone, being on your own. And, but, you know, I'll tell you what, having sort of gone through that experience here makes you such a mentally stronger person and a good experience uh, going forward. So then if, you know, you decide to have a go back home or, or go, and, uh, go and move somewhere else. Were there any misconceptions that you had or your friends and family may have had before you go? Because everyone that... <laughs> whenever people go there's always some weird questions there's always some oh don't go over there they do that so did you 
Did you experience any of that about Hong Kong? Oh, yeah. yeah, a lot of people, you know, obviously I got the job and told a lot of people, uh, a lot of people like, well, what do you want to go there for? Like, Asia is going to be a big, big culture shock. And uh, quite honestly, I, I didn't really do too much, too much research. I mean, I remember getting here, trying to find an apartment and then realised you need like two months rent up front to pay, which uh, <laughs> you know, was a bit of a culture shock moving over. Uh, but yeah, there, there was loads of, you know, oh, what, what's it going to be like here? You know, I remember my granddad was sort of just doing a load of research. He was like, you're going to be working at this school. You're going to be coaching in this place. Uh, you know, he sort of checked out all the websites. You're going to be working with these people. I think it's going to be a load of, of locals you're coaching. Actually, we work a lot with, with all the international kids. So I remember uh, as I was on the plane, I had an app that was trying to teach me uh, Mandarin and Cantonese, two forms of the, of the Chinese language. And really, you know, why, why would I ever need to learn that? I'm, I'm working with uh, international kids. Uh, over here but um, yeah there was definitely a bit about like the food and stuff so I know we briefly chatted about that earlier but you know it's, it's obviously quite western influenced over here uh, but you know so if you want your local food you get your local food if, if you want a little bit more of home uh, you, can, you can find that and that's not just with food that's just you know the place in general of course is going to be the sort of local scenery uh, the local communities and then of course is the, the sort of international communities um, but yeah, to be fair, it, it definitely wasn't what I expected. Uh, I didn't know what I was going to expect. Um, I didn't realise how international it would be, and that that really surprised me. Uh, but generally, you know, it, it's you always sort of have those thoughts in your head of you know I'm going to like it, and, and so I know my nan, for example, she was really worried, thinking, God, you're going to be so far away, and I'm just not sure you're going to enjoy it. Um, and you know, she still uh, messages me every day to me, still enjoying it. And I say, Yeah, man, it's all right. And I'm getting on all right, just send her a little selfie, be coaching or whatever. Um, but yeah, you know, it, it's you're always going to have their misconceptions. Uh, you get here, and then you know, obviously, you, you experience reality, uh, and, and, and it is what it is, I guess. <laughs> Pretty good place so far. You're painting a really good picture of it, and I would love to go. So, last question about Hong Kong. What advice would you give to someone who is considering working there? Uh, big thing, just to just do a lot of research. So I got caught out by uh, definitely not doing enough research about the place. It's a very expensive place to live, which is the only downside. Uh, but, you know, obviously you're getting paid a hell of a lot more than you would in the UK. So it obviously balances itself out. But as I said, you know, I didn't realise you had to pay too much rent up front. So. You know, luckily, I had, I had a bit of savings going. If I had to come straight out from uni, I'd, I'd probably been on a plane back. Um, so I think the big thing, or the big mistake I made was not doing enough research. I've always kind of been one who's just, um, like I said, when I went to America, I was like, oh, great, yeah, head to America. Didn't really think anything of it. I had an amazing four months, and I thought the same here, but my mistake was, no, you're actually living here. You're not going to be living there temporary. You're actually living there. You've got to find an apartment yourself. Uh, you've got to look after yourself. Obviously, when you're working for them, companies where you go to America or Canada for three or four months, everything's kind of done for you. Um, so I think the biggest thing for anyone coming over is just research it as much as you can. Of course, you're never going to really know what it's like until you go and get out there yourself. Uh, but I think you've definitely got to do research on uh, you know, what it's like to live there, what sort of stuff's around. Is this place going to be you, a be for you? Uh, you know, it's like living in London, New York. It is hectic 24-7. Uh, I didn't realise that. And sometimes you can't get away from that. So if that's not for you, then you're probably not going to like it here. Um, but that would that would definitely be my advice. Uh, luckily for me, it's kind of worked out all right. <laughs> I thought it would. 
Uh, but definitely do as much research as you can because you've, you've got to have an idea where you're going to live, what you're going to do, uh, what the people like. You know, so obviously, again, very international here, so it's going to be people that are pretty sociable, want to go out. If you're maybe not that sort of person and you like more of a quiet life next to a beach or whatever, it's probably not going to be the sort of place for you. So um, risk of repeating myself too much, Just I, I think just do as much research as you can. Uh, and, and really, if, if you know you do your research, you think, yeah, that sounds all right, I fancy a bit of that, then, you know, then you've got to go for it, I think. Sam, that's all brilliant. Thank you very, very much. We've we'll, all been enlightened about Hong Kong. I uh, hope that a few people are now open-minded about it. Yeah, no worries. No worries. Thanks, uh, thanks for letting me share a little bit about the journey stuff here. Thank you for listening, and thank you to Sam for coming on. We have a full episode coming out soon where Sam talks more in depth about his coaching journey and not just Hong Kong. Apologies for the delay, I've had some sound issues with a couple of recent interviews, including this one. It has taken me months just to sort this one to make it somewhat audible. Hope you enjoyed it nonetheless and we'll see you next time.